Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning. Hi, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray as always, always, always that you're doing well. I fell asleep on you at the end of the program yesterday, kind of almost struggling to stay awake. I'm so, so, so sorry. Um, uh, Someone called in and suggested that I could be anemic, and I found out I was. So we're taking iron pills, and that'll keep me awake. So thank you all. I love you. Thank you for your love and your care and your uh, love for God and his church. Yesterday we began reading The Other Global that by John Henry Western. Um, he is the um, editor of LifeSite News and uh, co-founder of LifeSite News. And uh, LifeSite News is part of Voice of the Family, a, a fantastic coalition of wonderful pro-life apostolates. Um, and he wrote an article, which actually it was a uh, the translation of a talk he gave, uh, transposition of a talk he gave October 9th, um, and it's titled The Other Global Pandemic, which is the sexualization of our children helped by bishops. And um, we read the first half yesterday and a few examples that he gave uh, which he apologized for even having to mention. This is the fruit of the research of the Family Research Council that prepubescent children in Austin, Texas are encouraged to consider um, uh, intercourse in, in every way. I, I don't even want to say it. I didn't want to say it yesterday. I didn't want to say it today. In every way possible. Um, homosexuality and transgender ideology are pushed in programs by Planned Parenthood for middle school students. Many public schools are beginning to teach the radical anti-science proposition that biological sex is meaningless, that some kids are born in the wrong body. They're teaching it now in public schools, and some girls have male parts as well. This is, this is insane. Um, they're teaching it in the public schools and parents don't know or they allow their children to be destroyed and corrupted. <clears throat> schools in Indiana actually send teens shopping for condoms with a worksheet to fill out comparing brands, prices, lubrication, and whether or not they're comfortable shopping in the store. I don't know if they're comfortable shopping in the store. I can hardly bear reading this article to you. And finally, as LifeSite has reported, the right, R-I-G-H-T, to abortion is a standard part of sex education in public schools. In some institutions, students are told how to get an abortion and keep it a secret from their parents. The booklet reports that schools in Indiana send students to visit clinics with a worksheet to fill out about services provided and a place to fill out the bus route they took to get there. I, you know, it, it, we're living through Twilight Zone. I could never, ever, ever have imagined that um, this could even happen in our day. It, it's, it's hard, 
you know, um, did you ever see the movie Planet of the Apes? What a shock it was at the end um, to be reading that film and realizing that the that the the, uh, the nation that those apes la- landed on uh, was the United States. Uh, an amazing, amazing thing. Let me let me continue where we left off yesterday. Last year, French legislator Xavier Breton suggested that sex education should be removed from schools. Breton, a member of the mainstream conservative party, Les Republicans, said at the Commission for Cultural Affairs of the French National Assembly, quote, parents are the primary educators of their children. This principle can be found in every national and international affirmation of rights. Reaffirming this principle requires that schools should not infringe parents' rights as regards emotional and sexual education, which touches upon people's most intimate convictions, state intervention is not legitimate. Oh, parents, you cannot blame the government. You cannot blame the state. God has not given your children to the government, the state, the schools, the city. He's given them to you. And if you turn them over to a corrupt society, then you're ruining them. You're absolutely ruining those children. What if you have to work and you can't stay home? Find a job at home. And if you can't do it, Teach your children at home. Take them to work with you. Do anything you can to save them from being destroyed and corrupted. It will be your doing, not the schools. It will be your doing. You've got to keep them away from those schools. What parent would put our child in the den of a live lion in the zoo because she had to go to work? You know, uh, uh, go into the den with the lion, sweetheart. I'll come, come get you uh, at 4 o'clock. It's insane. It's insane. And I don't know how you're doing any better by putting them into public schools. In fact, you're doing worse. With the lion, if those children are truly Christian, the worst that can happen is that they're eaten and they die and they go to heaven. If you send them to public schools, they are thoroughly corrupted and put on the road to hell. It's awful. I continue with the article. The consequences for our children are severe. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control report that human um, papillomavirus, which can lead to cervical cancer, is at epidemic proportions among young people. Writing to LifeSite, family activist Linda Harvey points out there were 1.7 million cases of Chlamydia, I can't even say these words, in 2017, and 45% of those cases were found in our young people. Gonorrhea rose 67%, syphilis 76%. Meanwhile, things in the church, John Henry says, meanwhile, things in the church have remained relatively similar for the past 60 years, with rare notable exceptions. Bishops continue to take the advice of so-called educational experts on sex education and have ignored and disdained the cry of truly Catholic parents. Oh, bishops, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm, I'm speaking to you as a, as a needy sheep. I don't know why you have so... 
either given into the world or relied on them, your, your vocation is to raise your flock to heaven, to help the family to survive and educa- educate their children. Why would you turn to sex ex- experts who are corrupting the world? Why would you do that? God has given us in the scriptures and in his church all the guidance we need. Why would you, like parents, turn everything over to worldly people, no matter how educated they are? It it breaks our hearts as your sheep. It breaks our hearts. You're leading us astray and destroying souls. That's me, beloved. It's not the article. I'm going to go back to the article now. Moreover, um, those appointed to shepherd the faithful have failed to distinguish between truly Catholic parents who believe in all the teachings of the faith around issues of sexuality and have instead given sometimes greater adherence to those parents, of, often of higher prestige in the world, who are nominally Catholic, but eschew the teachings of the faith on matters of sexual morality. It, it, it's puzzling. It's so puzzling. Pardon me a moment. I continue with John Henry's words. Bishops have continued to think they know best what sexual teachings our children should receive in Catholic schools. They have at times even immorally forbidden Catholic parents from removing their children from sex education classes in Catholic schools, as happened with Bishop David Choby in Nashville, Tennessee. This has forced parents to go to secular schools, which at least allow them that right. It is truly scandalous. Can you imagine a bishop not allowing parents to move their own children from sex education classes in Catholic, so-called Catholic schools? It's not a Catholic school if it has that kind of sex education. It's not a Catholic school. And Bishop Choby would have them go to public schools. It's Twilight Zone absolutely twilight zone. I continue with John Henry. But what has indeed changed is the Vatican. At one time, Catholic parents could at least turn to the Vatican, to Pope John Paul II or Benedict XVI, and warn bishops that parents, in their primary role as educators of their children, must have their wishes adhered to regarding the sexual education of their children. But we now have the Vatican itself promoting its own version of filthy sexual education replete with immodest photographs that at one time would have been considered pornographic. We have the Pope himself saying we must provide sex education in schools. Beloved, everyone should know this. The Pope has announced it. He's written it. It is unthinkable, it is immoral, uh, it is uncatholic. You need to wake up. You need to protect your children and the family. We'll be right back, beloved, after this break, and we'll begin to take your calls, your texts, your emails at the uh, half-hour break. one 877 Don't go away.
We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustained Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustained life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Podcasts of our network-produced shows are free for your listening pleasure at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Be uplifted in your faith and inspired to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on our iCatholic Radio mobile app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live, and we are right in the middle um, of reading an article by John Henry Weston, editor and co-founder of LifeSite News, titled The Other Global Pandemic, The Sexualization of Our Children Helped by Bishops. I'm going to reread this last paragraph that I read just before the break. He says, but what has indeed changed is the Vatican. Um, uh Uh, Let me just see. Let me back up one. More than a decade ago, the few bishops spread all over the world who stood up for Catholic parents against the grievous excesses in schools were actually attacked or shunned by their brother bishops for daring to stand up for the faith and the faithful entrusted to their care by Christ. He says, but what has indeed changed is the Vatican. At one time, Catholic parents could at least turn to the Vatican, to Pope John Paul II or Benedict XVI, and warn bishops that parents, in their primary role as educators of their children, you hear that, parents, primary role as educators of their children, must have their wishes adhered to regarding the sexual education of their children. But we now have the Vatican itself promoting its own version 
of filthy sexual education, replete with immodest photographs. I've seen them, beloved. Replete with immodest photographs that at one time would have been considered pornographic. We have the Pope himself, Pope Francis himself, saying we must provide uh, sex education in schools, end quote. But another thing, John Henry continues, has changed in the last decade. Catholic parents now know the connection between corrupt clergy and the sex education agenda. It was disgraced former Cardinal um, Theodore McCarrick, who was one of the leading movers in the U.S. Conference of Bishops on forcing perverse sex education on Catholic children against their parents' wishes. Catholic activist Christopher Mannion points out that um, Cardinal ex-Cardinal McCarrick ordered all Catholic schools in his own diocese, archdiocese, to expel any children whose parents removed them from the school program teaching children sexual abuse prevention. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Cardinal McCarrick ordered all Catholic schools in his archdiocese to expel any children whose parents removed them from the school sex education abuse program. Catholic parents in the archdiocese of Washington regained their right to withhold their children from these sexual abuse education classes only after Cardinal McCarrick retired. Um, um, uh, Christopher Mannion points out that the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops issued new regulations permitting parents to remove their children from the diocesan-sponsored training programs in child sex abuse prevention on the very day Pope Benedict XVI accepted Cardinal Carrick's, um, McCarrick's resignation, which was May 15, 2006. Christopher Mannion recalls, quote, parents nationwide were outraged that outraged that the USCCB insisted that secular so-called experts and not parents should teach their children down to the age of five how to avoid sex abuse. But McCarrick's control of the USCCB was apparently so pervasive that it was there was nothing parents can do. You think we're talking about Russia or another country. This is just amazing. We would be reading this about communist China or some other place and saying, blessed be God, we're in America. But this is now America. America has become our enemy. And the church, the shepherds have become our enemy. It's, it's unthinkable, but it's, it's upon us, beloved. Catholic parents were warned already in the 19th century by Pope Leo XIII that it is the duty of parents to make every effort to prevent any invasion of their rights in this matter and to make absolutely sure that the education of their children remain under their own control in keeping with their Christian duty and above all to refuse to send them to those schools in which there is danger of imbibing the deadly poison of impiety. When addressing parents in Canada, I should say, end quote, and that's from the encyclical on Christians as citizens. 
Continuing, when addressing parents in Canada, Pope Leo XIII added poignantly, quote, for our children cannot go for instruction to schools which either ignore or of set purpose um, combat the Catholic religion or in which its teachings are despised and its fundamental principles repudiated. Wherever the church has allowed this to be done, it has only been with pain and through necessity at the same time surrounding her children with many safeguards which nevertheless it has been too often recognized have been insufficient to cope successfully with the danger attending it. And that was uh, in 1897 on the Manitoba school question, Pope Leo XIII. John Henry continues, But this council so strenuously safeguard children from... um, I'm sorry, but this council too strenuously safeguard children from schools which would harm their faith comes not only from popes hundreds of years ago, but by the gra- by the grace of God. By the grace of God, there are rare, notable examples of church leaders, successors of the apostles, who have the true best interests of children at heart, and one of them is His Eminence, Cardinal uh, Burke, Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke, who in the opening address of his online conference said, quote, sadly, some Catholic schools, for a variety of reasons, mimic the situation in non-Catholic schools by insisting upon the anti-life, anti-family, and anti-religion ideology, which marks education in general. The latter situation, still quoting Cardinal Burke, the latter situation is particularly pernicious, for parents send their children to a Catholic school, trusting that it will be truly Catholic, when in fact it is nothing of the sort. The operation of such schools under the name of Catholic is a profound injustice to families End quote. Another is Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, uh, Vigano, who has reminded parents of their responsibility as a primary and inalienable right to educate their children. Excuse me, beloved. The state, um, Archbishop Vigano said, the state cannot arrogate this right, much less corrupt children, and indoctrinate them in the perverse principles that are so widespread today. The Archbishop continues, it is your duty to raise your voice so that these attempts to steal the education of your children may be denounced and rejected with force, he added, because you will be able to do very little for them if your faith, ideas, and culture are judged incompatible with those of an impious and materialistic state. End quote. Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. John Henry says, I remember speaking with Bishop Athanasius Snyder about this question in 2016. When I asked him, John Henry says, about sex education in schools and how parents should deal with it, he told me, quote, when their children are taught in the school in an an immoral way, 
they have to withdraw the children. This is their obligation. You cannot expose your children to any moral danger. It is impossible. Catholic parents, in defending their children from this immorality, have to be even ready to suffer, yes, to suffer consequences. End quote from Bishop Athanasius Snyder. I'm going to continue now with John Henry. I'm trying to plow through this article, beloved, because it's, it's lengthy, but it's, it's right on. It's right on. John Henry says, many Catholic parents have taken up this challenge and have either sought out private traditional Catholic schools, which guard the purity of their children, or undertake the heroic task of homeschooling their children. These extraordinary measures, these extraordinary measures, are demanded of parents today to safeguard safeguard the eternal salvation of their children. Beloved, it's not a good idea anymore. It's a necessity if you want to save your children. John Henry says, my apologies for the yawning, they are a necessity duty. They are a necessary duty in fulfilling our vocation as parents, which is ultimately about our salvation and that of our children. For as John Chrysostom, St. John Chrysostom reminded us, quote, what greater work is there than training the mind and forming the habits of the young. And as the good book says, he continues, uh, no, uh, uh, that's the end quote from St. John Chrysostom, but he continues to quote Mark 8, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? After Bishop Snyder told me, that says John Henry, that though I immediately followed up, with a question about unfaithful priests and bishops. Not just parents, but what about unfaithful priests and bishops? Since this is the situation most of us find ourselves in today, as sex education in schools comes with at least tacit support of the hierarchy. Bishop Snyder counseled that parents must know their Catholic faith very well. They must study the catechism, and not just any catechism, but the catechism of the parents and grandparents, he said, referring to the catechism of the Council of Trent and the offshoots of it, such as the Baltimore Catechism, for those of us in North America. This, he said, is the voice of Christ and the Church of all times. Then, Bishop Snyder continues, then when pastors or members of the hierarchy contradict the teaching of Christ, the teaching of the perpetual magisterium of the church, of the catechism, you have to withdraw. You have to withdraw your children from these churches and not to go to them, even if you have to travel a hundred kilometers to a faithful church. Oh, beloved, Every, every bishop should be telling us this. Every bishop should be telling us this. We're going to our s- second break, and when we come back from the break, dear ones, we'll take your calls, your emails, your texts, and the toll-free number to call in, one 511 5482 I think it's 5483. I'm so sorry. Um, one 877 No, I missed it. 
Okay, so sorry, beloved. Let me see if I can get it. No, I can't. Okay. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Put your pro-life convictions into action and stand out for life every Saturday morning, wherever you may be. We'll be broadcasting live 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern, hosted by myself, Jim Havens, and Father Stephen Imbarato as we stand out live on location. But this is more than a broadcast. It's a call to action. Grab a pro-life sign and publicly take a stand outside of a local abortion center or any high-traffic area like an exit ramp, overpass, or street corner. And as you do, listen to the Stand Out for Life broadcast. If you're in the Eastern Time Zone, stand out from 9 to 10 a.m. and listen live. But if you're in a different time zone, the broadcast is easily available to you via podcast shortly after it airs on the iCatholic Radio app. So you can stand out and listen anytime that is most convenient for you. The main thing is that we We all take at least an hour to stand out for life in public witness every Saturday, even if it's just sitting on the front porch holding a pro-life sign. Whatever you can do, we all must take a part in public witness for the end of abortion. God bless you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Hi, beloved. Welcome back um, to Mother Miriam Live. We have this whole half hour to ourselves, and I was confused with the number before the break. The toll-free number to call in our lines are wide open is one 511 5483 or email <clears throat> at mother at the You can cer- certainly text at the, uh, the toll-free number as well. I'm going to go to Julie. We have an email from Julie who says, Hello, Mother. I was just listening to your live stream and Father James Altman's homily about Catholic voting Democrats. <clears throat> um... It's almost uh, hard to to say. There's almost no such thing, a Catholic voting Democrat. You're either Catholic or Democrat. That's where I stand. I know a lot of people come against that. But how can you claim to be Catholic and um, and sign on to a party that um, uh, increases the availability of abortion uh, from birth to natural death even after a child is born, to kill a botched abortion, uh, kill that baby, uh, same-sex marriage, uh, all these things. 
I don't know how you can call yourself a Catholic and sign on to the Democratic Party. There was once a day that Catholics could be Democrat. Yes, indeed. But no longer today. The party has betrayed you, and they have become, as many have called it, the party of death. When you sign on as a Democrat or you remain, you're saying you support their body's platform, their party's platform. And if you support their party's platform, you are not Catholic. It, it's, it's simple. If I meet somebody who says, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe Jesus Christ is God, I would say to them, you're not a Christian. Then they'd say, well, you can't judge me. I am a Christian. I just don't believe that. And I'll, I can say to them, you are not a Christian. To be a Christian is to be a follower of the Christ. That's what Christian means. This is so essential that you, you just can't separate the two. And I say the same with abortion and being democratic. If you're democratic, you are part of a pro- party that is pro-death. Destroy the unborn in the mother's womb for any reason at any time. And if you can vote for that, if you can be a part of that, then you're not Catholic. It, it's two and two is four. You can get angry. You can rail against uh, the Republican Party or our current president. You can do what you wish. But again, if you don't believe in Christ, you're not a Christian. If you don't uh, vote pro-life, you're not a Catholic. It's, it's it. You can't. Uh, you can, I am Catholic, just that issue. Then you're not Catholic. I am a Christian. It's just the one issue about Christ. Then you're not a Christian. <clears throat> it's It's truth. It's not fundamentalism, it's truth. It's the scriptures, it's what God has given us. Um, I think it's John chapter 3. If you believe, you will be saved. If you don't obey, and belief and obey is the same word in Greek, by the way, belief and obey. If you don't obey, the wrath of God will come upon you. So if you are Democrat, or you vote Democratic, and you vote against the life of children, then then that's it. The wrath of God will come upon you. If you want to call yourself a Catholic and vote Democratic, so be it. I'm not going to change your language, but you're inviting yourself to hell and for the wrath of God to come upon you because the one thing you're not is a Catholic in good standing. <clears throat> Let me continue with Julie's email. She says, We are born and raised Catholic. My sister and her husband are Catholic and seem devoted Catholic. My older sister had a change, changing of heart, hearts about our President Trump. She's disappointed and blames Trump for what is happening to this country. Well, anyone who blames Trump for what is happening to this country does not know, never mind politics, does not know their history at all. Uh, I'll continue here. She said she's been living in the U.S. for over 37 years and never has a riot lasted as long as what we are experiencing. I had a long argument with my sister and her husband that Biden is pro-abortion. We as Catholics cannot vote for him, but they argued and said Trump is not 100% pro-life. They said Trump has some exceptions, like unless uh, no abortion pro-life unless it's rape two if the mother's life is at risk three if it's a cyst i don't know where you get this 
I've never read it. If the mother's, if it's a cyst, are you kidding? Um, uh, instead of a baby, that's a whole other subject. Um, and so um, it, I don't know where these three things come from. Uh, other faiths, such as uh, Judaism, shamefully believes this, unless it's rape or the mother's life is at risk. It's shameful to believe that. Um, I don't know where you get this. Tell your friend to quote it. Tell her to give you the article from which Trump says this. And I would say this to her. Even if Trump said that, even if Trump said that, how many abortions would there be per year if it were merely for rape because the mother was deathly ill and her life would be at risk or because uh, the baby's a cyst or, or has a cyst on her or him? Uh, those three reasons. How many abortions would be performed? It's insane. Absolutely insane. 60 million abortions. Most of them would be uh, would be still allowed to abort. These you're talking about minor a number of things, not abortion in general. And the gospel gives our Lord gives no uh, exception at all. But even if you allow for these exceptions, you're talking about um, a few hundred out of millions. Julie writes, I tried my best to explain that Trump is not Catholic, but did more for the Catholics and the unborn. Um, Biden said he is Catholic, but did everything against it. I'm very saddened and disappointed with them, especially my sister. She used to be on my side, supporting our president whenever people attacked me if I opposed something about Trump. Now she is on the other side of the gate. I felt betrayed, losing her as my supporters, as my supporter and as a sister. I've kept my distance with her and tried not to have conversations. It really hurts me. The issue needs to be that not she's on on your other side, but she's on the other side of God. And Julie says, can you please tell me what I need to do? Or should I just pretend I'm okay? No, don't pretend you're okay with that and pray. It's a waste of time arguing with them, okay? They always think they are right and know everything. So I can only pray and share your post on my Facebook, hoping she will listen to you and Father Altman. I did share Father Jonathan Myers' homily about this topic, but her husband said it's political. Help, help me, Mother, and pray for my strength and peace, peaceful hearts. Um, God bless your work for him. Thank you, Julie. Um, your, your sister's husband, excuse me, said that the talk of Father John Myers' homily was political. You tell them that this whole thing is political. There's nothing moral about it. It should be a moral fight, but it's not. It's a political fight, completely political. The whole thing about abortion is absolutely political. It's on the agenda to destroy the family, to destroy civilization. It is all political. But there are moral laws within it. And if a Catholic won't acknowledge, or a bishop won't acknowledge those moral laws, he is responsible to God. 
But if you love God and you care about the truth and about souls, then you need to follow him. Okay. We have a call from Mary in Michigan. Hello, Mary. Hello, Mother Miriam. Hi, sweetheart. Today? I'm just fine. How are, except for my yawning. I'm okay. Go Good. ahead, honey. I'm just calling in because I listen to your program every day, and I'm a mother of six, and I just struggled to send them off to the Catholic schools. I taught them their prayers at home. I taught them how bad abortion was at home, and I talked to them about it, and so many things that I was teaching them wasn't being reinforced at the the school. And unfortunately, um, my youngest... What kind of a school, Catholic or public? It was a Catholic school. The okay. Uh-huh, okay, go Catholic ahead. Mm-hmm. And my youngest son was um, sexually abused when he was 15 by um, a teacher at the oh, Catholic help. high school. Oh, help. At the Catholic high and school. At the Catholic high school, and she was prosecuted, but she, none, mm-hmm. of the, none of the prosecution or investigation would have um, happened unless um, his older siblings didn't know something was going on as a mother. I mean, they hit it very good, but these cell phones, these cell phones have to go. They should not allow, parents should not allow their children to have cell phones. Mm-hmm. And he hit until he was 15 because all his friends had one, and he needed to call me, you know, when he needed a ride and such. But, um, no, there was, uh, it was quite, quite serious, and... Um, I had no support from um, the bishop. You know, there were trans. Um, there was a new bishop coming in, and the old bishop didn't. That was retiring had no compassion. Didn't reach out. Priest didn't reach out, and he. You know, no one. No one from our clergy ever reached out to my family, and we were hurting. Just two weeks before, I found out about the abuse. My daughter passed away. At 21. Wow. After being at home for three months or three weeks. And during that time, they didn't minister to my kids, you know, that were in the school and try to help us through that crisis, let alone the sexual abuse crisis. And I want to reach out to parents. I have nine grandchildren and we need to pay attention to what's going on with our kids. This happened years. This happened quite a few years ago, mm-hmm. but that's mm-hmm. when I realized, I thought, what? I put my trust in yeah. our system to take care, to care for my children, to reinforce what I'm teaching. Catholic and system, I yes. I was failed. I thank God I have a strong faith. I pray my rosary every day. I listen to daily mass because I can't go to church. And I'm just, I just wish our bishops and our clergy would stand up for life and yeah. get the politics out and think about faith and facts and what our Lord expects of them as being our leaders. I'm very, yeah. just, just very, very disappointed. Yeah. I have dear, been for quite a few years. Yeah, dear bishops, we beg you to listen to your sheep. Mary speaks for thousands, for thousands. Um, I mentioned once a, a caller, um, a father who um, his, da- his daughter was being confirmed in a Catholic school, and uh, there was a little boy there 
who believed he was a girl, seven years old, and wanted to come dressed as a girl to the confirmation. And the, the father went to the bishop about it. This is being allowed. And the bishop said, allow it, it's okay. And the father was devastated. The sheep are going to their shepherds, and the shepherds are, uh, they've abandoned the sheep, abandoned the vocation, lost their faith, and, and we're alone, Mary. It's, it, for a good, uh, good part, where the sheep have been abandoned and are alone. And we need to start learning our faith and stand up and begin to encourage one another. I agree. Yeah. I All right, agree. sweetheart. Yeah. There's the music for our break. I'm glad you called in. God bless you. And, and um, I'm so sorry for all that you went through, but I know you have a lot of grandchildren to offer that suffering for. Thank you, Mother Miriam. God bless Thank you. you. Thank you, Mary. We'll be right back, beloved, after the break. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern, the Station of the Cross brings you Mother Miriam Live. Mother Miriam is a Catholic nun on a mission to bring Jesus and a message of hope to a world that has lost its way. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, and I am thrilled to welcome you to Mother Miriam Live. As always, you're going to be able to call, text, or email whatever your questions are. Through a partnership between the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News, you will be able to listen and watch Mother Miriam live on YouTube and Facebook at the Station of the Cross, including past episodes on podcasts. God bless you. Listen on your local Station of the Cross affiliate and our free iCatholic Radio mobile app, or watch the Mother Miriam live video stream on Facebook and YouTube by searching the Station of the Cross. That's Mother Miriam live each weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved family, uh, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We have 10 minutes 
and the lines are wide open, you are absolutely welcome to call in one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have a text from Jackie who writes, Good morning, Mother Miriam. I would like your thoughts on whether losing electricity would be a concern for these coming times. I think it is. I don't know. I only have passed on to you what many have um, given me. Um, I I think we should not count on electricity. So I think we need, um, uh, aside from uh, blessed candles for the three days of darkness that are not right upon us now, but we need um, oil lamps or... um, uh, other ways, flash, good amount of flashlights and batteries. Uh, you'll need other ways of having light. I think you should be prepared for that. We we are um, just because we don't know that we'll have the electricity. And um, Jackie says, I'm also trying to figure out how to provide water for three months for a family of four. Any thoughts or ideas would be welcome and appreciate. God bless you, Jackie. Well. Um, every time we go shopping, we bring back another uh, case of six gallons of water. So we have piled up gallons and gallons of water. We bring back a case uh, each time. We've been doing it for weeks now. So that's the only thing I know to suggest. If you don't have a well, if you have a well, that is ideal, of course. But if you don't have a well, just go to um, the stores and get, whether they're in regular small bottles, 24 to a case, or six gallons to a case, bring back lots and lots of water is the only thing that I know to suggest to you. Um, you know, figure uh, uh, each one drinking a half gallon a day. I don't know how much water anybody needs, but uh, it's an, an awful lot of water you have to get for a family four. That's just minimum two gallons a, w- a day minimum of two gallons a day. And so three months has 90 days, so it's a minimum of 180 gallons. So if I were you, I would try to collect 200 gallons. (laughs) I know that sounds absolutely crazy, but... I don't know of another way, dear one. We have a text from somebody who writes in anonymously and says, Mother, if our Pope is involved in cover-ups of the errors of priests and bishops, is he still considered infallible? The Pope has never been considered infallible, and he is not infallible. He is a human being fallen like you and I. Um, he has the gift of infallibility given when uh, he's teaching matters of faith and morals, that is, matters that um, are are absolute. They cannot be denied. And so... Um, um, how do I say? So if he goes along his life writing encyclicals like his last one that uh, just has nothing to do with Christ um, and all kinds of things, but when he speaks on matters of faith and morals that are binding um, on the faithful, uh, he's given a gift. If he would ever pronounce a dogma such as the last one pronounced was the dogma of the Assumption in 1950 uh, by Pope Pius XII. If if such a dogma is proclaimed, um, then the Pope would say, "I," and he binds it on the faithful. It would have to be binding on the faithful. Then he would be given the gift of infallibility to. Uh, 
pass something on to the faithful that uh, that he and um, uh, that he is he is um, um, that is sure that is Catholic. Sorry, I'm getting distracted again here with my sleepiness. Um, so that's it. In matters of faith and morals, he is given the gift of infallibility, and in fact. That gift is a negative gift, not even positive. What the gift says is that if he is speaking faith and morals, which is binding on the faithful, and what he's teaching now, what the Pope is talking about, he's never made anything binding on us. I pray he never will. But if he makes anything binding, then it must be... um, um, uh, It must be... um, how do I say, when he says this is a teaching and it's binding on you, what the gift of infallibility, infallibility, uh, infallibility does in matters of faith and morals is prevent him from error. It doesn't even give him the gift to speak what is true. It gives him the gift of preventing him from error. So when we believe a particular doctrine that's, uh, that's given us by the magisterium, we know that we know that differently from um, uh, from any other proclamation. I, I I'm sure I messed that up because I'm I'm uh, um, I'm dozing. But um, so that's it. The gift of infallibility is the gift to uh, have the faithful be confident that any doctrine that the Pope. Um, Uh, passes on to the faithful that is binding to us in the matters of faith and morals, that that is, uh, that he is prevented from making an error. That's the gift of infallibility. And he doesn't have it all the time. He can make errors every day of his life. He can say what is untrue. Um, But when he's speaking uh, from his ecclesial seat uh, as the Pope, with the gift of infallibility, he could not. He could not speak those things. Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm. I'm sure I've done a real poor job of that one, because I'm. I'm struggling here again. Um, uh, another text from someone anonymous. Oh no, no, that was that. Um, dear mother, from Maria. I've been a Catholic for 77 years. We are having a priest in our parish who will be using tongs to distribute communion. I've never heard of this. Can you give some information on on this, please? Thank you, Maria. Maria, I've seen uh, the distribution of communion by tongs on a video on the Internet. It is an abomination. It is such a disgrace. It is such a disgrace. Any bishop who knows how to distribute communion should be distrib- distributing with his sacred hands, not washing his hands and then using tongs. It's terrible. Um, so I can't even tell you if it's legitimate or not. I guess it should be if if the if the. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Um, so I I don't know if it's even canonical if it's if it's legitimate. I I, I think it's disgraceful. But um, I don't think it would undo um, the sacrament, but it, it, it puts the sacrament um, uh, in the hands of... Um, a priest's hands are consecrated, 
And the priest's hands are the only ones, the only ones that should touch that sacrament and give it out. To give communion on the tongue um, is not to abandon the church. It's the time um, that we need to um, stay with the church. See, I'm falling asleep. This is so awful, dear ones. Um, What I wanted to say is that uh, to give communion on the tongue is less dangerous than communion in the hand. And if a priest knows how to distribute communion on the tongue properly, as our Latin priest does in our parish, um, there's no danger. You never have to touch the tongue. There's no problem. The people just have to be instructed properly. Um, there's the end of our program. I'm sure you're saying, hallelujah, mother, you couldn't have handled another five minutes. I couldn't handle the last five minutes. I'm so sorry. God bless you all, and we'll speak with you tomorrow. God bless you.